Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've got a great podcast today planned for you, a guest talking about education and Christian books and books that would align with the biblical worldview that it's so important, period. But also so important to get into the hands of your children. So we'll do that. The second half of the podcast, a lot of news headlines, a lot of things going on that uh, we can't cover everything. And you can't keep up with everything, and ne- nor should you try. But we're going to talk about how just two years ago, uh, Mr. Biden was inaugurated president of the United States. And we're going to talk about some results. And I'm looking at a couple graphs here. One is the economic uh, price chart, retail price chart. You're not going to believe the spike because the media doesn't report it. Also, an unhinged uh, sports reporter. Uh, remember we talked about the NHL, NHL player that refused to put the uh, pride jersey on? And uh, I think he stayed in the locker room. Anyway, and I, a sports reporter uh, said that he should the, the player should go back to Russia and get involved in the Ukraine war. We'll talk a little bit about that. That's tolerance, right? I'm, really, what I'm saying is if you don't support pride, you can go die in a war. That's what that sports reporter was alluding to. Anyway... Um, also, a week ago, what is today? Yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. Day was last Monday. So a week ago yesterday, uh, President Biden spoke at a leftist church in Atlanta. He preached. Was it the gospel? He mentioned the gospel. What did he say? Did it have anything to do with the biblical gospel? We'll break that down for you in the second half of today's show. Also, the CDC knowingly left serious Adverse events off of post-vaccination surveys documents show. Um, fascinating discovery in Israel. And this is really neat. We're going to talk about that. Silver pieces were discovered that uh, demonstrate there was robust trade routes and uh, the use of currency in Israel and surrounding areas 500 years earlier than previously thought. And we've got some other headlines to mention, including... Alarming proportion of young people now using crystals and herbs, and they're following, quote, spiritual teachers or guides. So that and a lot more. But first, a Bible verse, and we will introduce today's guest. I lied. I've got to do something else. We've been in touch with our friends at Red Pill Prince in Canada. Again, it is a small family-owned business, and we would encourage you to check out their website. Um, I ordered a lot of these items and the vendors are top quality. We have to know what, what's going out and, um, we don't do anything in house here. So we thank our friends at Red Pill Prince, but you can go to standupforthetruth.com slash gear. Very simple. One word gear. Or if you go to our website, there's one word merch at the top. So hopefully that's not too confusing. All right. Let's move on here. Michelle Laser is our guest today. She's online all the way from New Jersey. 
And uh, we are so blessed to have her on. She's a mom of, I think, nine going on ten children. You heard that right. Uh, I think some people just swerved a little bit in their cars driving to work. But anyway, um, they've been to Korea, South Korea. Now they're in New Jersey, and they're very involved with education and trying to get good books into the hands of Christians and conservatives, uh, books that support the biblical worldview. We'll talk about her story. Michelle, welcome to Stand Up for the Truth. Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Now, first of all, I didn't mention the website, Mud Hen Mama. Um, tell us a little bit about the website, then I want to go into your story. Yes, sir. Well, um, the website is really intended to, to just really support people who have um, a biblical worldview, like you had mentioned. Um, we have books from pre-K all the way through adults. Um, it's taken a while, but we have over 1,300 books now on the website. So, um, and it's really, they're, they're all, they've all been vetted. They're all from a biblical worldview. So it was just really to try to um, give parents another option rather than just the secular book fairs that we're all very familiar with, mm-hmm. to give to give parents a chance to actually have books that they can trust and that they know, okay, well, there's not going to be a lot of junk that's going to be coming through these books to indoctrinate our children because, I mean, that word indoctrination is a tricky word, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, we want to treat to, to teach our children to have, a, you know, the biblical worldview and um, others want to teach them a different worldview, and so it's important that we press on and that we we firmly stand on, you, you know, our beliefs, and one way to do that is via books. Right. And, and you know, so they're, they're not, they're, they're, I'm so sorry, but um, they're not all um, Christian books in the sense of they're not all preaching the gospel, but like I said, they're, they're all from a biblical worldview, meaning they're, they are sharing something that's, you know, beautiful, true, mm-hmm. and um and and good. I'm 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 messing up the one word, but anyway, you, know, you understand what I'm saying. Like they're 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 books that you know that are that teach good moral lessons, or mm-hmm. you know that are funny or fun or whatever. And um, that was the how you know we were we were able to vet the books that are currently on the book list. Michelle, we were talking just before we got on the air on the podcast today, and I said um, for all the families across America that are truly raising their kids on the absolute truth, on the perfection of the inerrant Word of God in the Scriptures, the Bible, um, I I would pray that they would have a lot of kids um, because there's a lot of other kids out there um, that are not raised in Christian homes, and um, th- that's part of the problem in the school system. It's not just the curriculum. It's not just the agendas. It's not the, just the woke or the progressive or the social justice or the LGBTQ stuff and the indoctrination, the sex, quote, education in the government-run schools. It's all the kids that Christian kids are hanging out with that can also influence them. We for- often forget about peer pressure. So if, if you're not raised in a home or in an environment where you're reading good material, good books, you're going to be going down the wrong path. And one of the things you say on your website, mudhenmama.com, it says protect your kids against the prevailing culture with books that align with your values. And so, first of all, before I get a little bit of background on your family, Michelle, why Mud Hen Mama? <laughs> well, the name um, actually is, I, it, it took me a very long time to try to come up with the name of the, the business. <laughs> okay. And because... Um, Nothing seemed to fit. I didn't know, you know, either the name was taken or it just sounded, didn't sound right. And um, the Lord just brought to mind some homeschooling books that I had 
from uh, when I actually, I, we, we only homeschooled for about a heartbeat. It was a year and a half. Mm. But um, we did have some really great books that um, I was able to collect during that time period. And there was one book that was all about how, I, I can't remember the name of it right now. It is on the website, but um, just the, how different animals have different characteristics that show, you know, different aspects of God. And so I was flipping through the book, and I happened to come across uh, the mud hen bird, which is also called the American coot. But um, mud hens, what they do in order to, when, when they feel threatened and they, you know, they, they think that someone's threatening either them or themselves or their children, they co- would come together and start squawking at the enemy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I felt like, you know, th- that's pretty much what we're trying to do here is, is to gather believers together and to create a community where we can, um, you know, hold firm together and, and shout against the enemy and, like, recognize who the enemy is mm. and be able to, um, you, you know, combat that in a way that glorifies God. And so that's Mud Hen Mama. That's, that's where the name comes, comes from. It's funny. Everyone always asks about that. Like, why Mud Hen Mama? Yeah, exactly. What, what is up with the name? Well, well, it certainly isn't, uh, you know, one that rolls off the tongue. And and so it's like, well, okay, there must be some meaning behind that. Um, So, Michelle, your family, uh, when you, I mean, by the way, you just shared a beautiful photo of, was it your daughter's recent wedding? Yes, my daughter recently got married in December, our oldest. Okay. So she's 20. Wow. And then, um, yeah, we go down the list. We have, um, if if you want to, I can tell the age was 18, 16. Um, 14. Okay, wait a minute, 11. wait a minute, wait a minute. We need names with ages. This is a test. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> Isabella is our oldest. Isabella. And then we have Danny, who is 18. He's actually, my, our oldest is at Karen University. The, the second is at um, Liberty University. Then we have a junior. His name is Emmanuel. He is 16. Um, then we have an eighth grader, Nora, and she is um, 14. We have, um, she's going to be, she's going to be 12, but she's 11, Karina, mm-hmm. and she is in um, sixth grade. We have Lucille, who is nine, and she is in fourth grade. We have Judah, and he is in second grade, and he is seven. Judah. They're all turning age, you know, the next year, so it's hard for me to remember. And then <laughs> we have twins. Wow. That are both four years old, and they are Addie and Andy, and they're in preschool. And uh, there you have and one. I'm, and I, yeah, one more, right? We are expecting another baby. Praise the Lord. It came, sort of came out of nowhere, but <laughs> we were really excited. So, you wow. know, we had a few misses, in, you know, in between there. So mm. we thought we were done, but the, the Lord had other, you know, plans. And yeah. this is going to be a little girl. Oh, so. praise God. Well, what, yeah. we, I just love hearing the fact that, you know, I love some of the names, too, and uh, just that you have a large family and, Ah, uh, Lord, um, just help Christian families was, in this country. Go ahead. Absolutely. No, I was just going to say, though, it was definitely not part of the plan. You know, we were not we were not thinking that. I remember when we were first married, my husband and I, we, we would be asked by people, you know, we I think it was I was pregnant with my with our second. And people would ask, okay, so are you guys done? And we, you know, he said, oh, well, we'd like to have at least three, but top five. Cause <laughs> anyone who had over five was clearly crazy. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and, and when we, so we actually lived in Korea for nine years. And um, during that time period is when we really, um, I think God just changed 
uh, he, he really was able to draw us closer to him. And and I, I, d- I do not believe that all families need to have, you know, have a ton of kids or anything. But I think more uh, more than anything is just being open mm-hmm. to wh- whatever the Lord has us do. Mm-hmm. So um, and just being obedient to that and, and questioning, you know, all the things that we normally would just take for granted. Like, well, of course, we're only going to have two kids or three <laughs> kids or whatever. We thought we were done after four. I mean, I, I gave away all my stuff and just, I was done. I was very happy to be wow. done. But, um, you know, at that point, the Lord just really changed our hearts and just said, you know, have you even asked me? <laughs> What's my opinion? And so, you know, what do I want for you? And so, hmm. you know, when we opened our hearts to that, then that's when we decided, well, we're just going to trust him in this, in this area. You know what is really neat about what you just shared, Michelle? Um, is I don't know if a lot of families say, Lord, in our mind, we had thought about having X amount of kids, two or, or three. What is your plan? What would you like? Just speak to our hearts and help us both, husband and wife, help us both confirm that. Um, I think that's such a neat uh, part of your story right there. So did you, you met in college, and what took you to Seoul, uh, South Korea? Well, um, so at the time I was working and I really wanted to be able to come home. And, um, it's, it's the time that we were trying to figure out what, what in the world we were doing. And my husband was working as a teacher in, in Washington. And we were, we were living in Alexandria, Virginia at the time. Okay. And he had gone on a missions trip to Hungary and he just, he came home and he was like, I, I really, really think that we need to be overseas hmm. and, and, um, I can, you know, teach overseas. And I thought, oh, my goodness, well, that's crazy, but maybe that can work. And, and, you know, I'm Hispanic, so I thought, oh, I would love to go to a country that I can practice my Spanish and improve it and also teach our children Mm. Spanish. So we were looking all over the place in South America, and we came across a network of international Christian schools, and there was a position available in Bolivia. And I thought, perfect. And so we we waited and waited and waited um, for for them to come back to us and, you know, confirm that we were going to be hired to go to Bolivia. But, um, of course, things fell through, and so we just thought, okay, well, what are we going to do now? It was very late in the year. You know, I think it was probably March, and we would need to leave by June. And we we still had, you know, we had a townhouse that we were living in at the time. And so we just thought, okay, well, I guess the Lord's closing the door on that. And I was I remember just being so frustrated and so Dan was, my, my husband Dan was looking, you know, on the website, okay, well, what's available? And they, there was a job in Korea and one in Japan. And we thought, well, we have zero connection to Korea. Why in the world would we go there? <laughs> but we called and it was just the Lord. I mean, it was absolutely amazing all of how everything fell, fell into place. Wow. When we called, they had been waiting for a male teacher to come and, and teach the first grade. And so at the time he was an elementary school teacher and just everything worked I mean, it was like a, just absolutely that was where the Lord wanted us to go. Mm. So we landed in Korea, and we love it. I mean, our kids think they're they're part Korean. So That's funny. Well, some <laughs> of them, they, how, they, there were four of them that were born there, correct? Four were born there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So then, so we, we God brought you we, back to New we, Jersey, back to the states. Back to the states. Not, neither of us are from New Jersey. My husband's from Scranton, so it's still a little bit. You know, we're a little ways away. I grew up in the Midwest area, but my family is now in Florida. So we came because that we had um, we didn't have a whole lot of choices, and you know, this is where the Lord had mm. us come. But 
God really made it very clear that we were to come specifically here. Wow. And so, you know, I mean, I, I say we didn't have a lot of choices. We we definitely had a couple choices, but it it was very very clear. Like we didn't we didn't have any choices with respect to God. Didn't give us any. He said, "Come here." <laughs> And so we did, and we're we're thankful that we're here for sure. It's, mm. it's it's been hard, but just like any you know any big move, it was hard initially. But you know, God's always provided for us, and we're Praise thankful God. that we're here. Well, God sure. God bless you and your family. The, Lord knows some of these really heavy blue states in the country need Christian light, the light of Christ. So I know that um, I trust that God planted you there for. Many reasons uh, he orchestrates so much, but I want to. What's your husband's name, Michelle? My husband's name is Dan. Dan Daniel Laser. So now he works at. He's an educator. You said an administrator at a Christian school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Up in 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 New Jersey. So. Okay. Um, so yeah. So and he's been in education for a long time. So obviously his his background has helped to you know figure out which books would be best. To put on the wish list that that are currently on the the books that are on the wish um, not in the wish list I'm sorry on the book list and in um, Mud Hen Mama so mm. you know with with his like I said with his background and just with our experience having so many children we've been able to you know really find a lot of solid books that um, like wow. you know like I said initially just that that align with the biblical worldview and and um, I also want to make sure that I mention that you know like, like I said that there are books for adults. But and and a lot of the books um, are really to help families and parents uh, navigate the cultural situation that we find ourselves in right now, the cultural climate. And so there are books that um, are you know solid books that can help you know tease out a lot of the issues that are just uh, not really wanting to be spoken from the pulpit. Like a lot of people don't want to talk about it because it is. It can be very divisive or it can be very um, difficult, I mm. think, for a lot of people. You, you know, I, I know that we found it to be that there aren't a lot of people that want to talk about these things, but they're important. And yes. so that's another thing that, you know, we wanted to make sure that we put on the website. Okay. Well, you say, by God's grace, and this is what you sent me um, just in an email, you said, by God's grace, I was able to find many authors who loved the Lord and stood firmly on truth. You mentioned Vodi Bakum and so many others. And, um, uh, you also said something very interesting, and this is this is going to go back to uh, when you were homeschooling. You found a lot of great books. You call you say a plethora of books that you didn't know about. But during the madness of COVID and CRT, critical race theory, when that was amping up in 2020, you said that you realized that this that would be a good time to introduce the idea of having online Christian book fairs, and also because yeah. of the confusion. In our country, in our culture, in communities, in our families, the confusion out there that we're being bombarded with, you said there was a huge need for clarity and truth. So that sent you into a, a dive into researching more books that would be helpful. So tell more about that part of the story and how you, you have now about 1,300 books over at uh, the site mudhenmama.com. Yes, well, um, I mean, that, that's something that has, has been very um close to my to my heart because of the fact that I definitely came from a more of a woke background and so you know <laughs> I, I I understood mm-hmm. all of the arguments very much I I know you know um, I, I mean I grew up with that and so to, to, when I became a Christian it wasn't definitely like a light switch and you know I knew it, all that that all truth or whatever but I think 
slowly the Lord, you know, had worked in in my heart and in my mind to be able to have some things that, you know, I, I thought maybe once were true and that, you know, now I realize are wrong. So, you know, I mean, one thing I can even mention is, is um, abortion. I mean, I, I would say that I was definitely more of a pro-choice person, you know, definitely in college and probably even up up until I got to um, Korea. Because mm-hmm. just, you know, I, I mean, it just seems so logical that, well, of course you'd want to have choice and, you know, that it, it wouldn't yeah. be fair to women. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it, I think it's important that we talk about these things so that there is clarity because I think that there, it is just such a mess out there and there's so much confusion that um, we don't know what the right answer is. Mm. And like I said, no one wants to talk about it. So yeah. it's important that we discuss it. And, you know, with, with respect to CRT, um, yeah, I mean, that's just a very hot-button topic, but I think it's important that we come at this from a biblical worldview, and there's just so many great authors that discuss this. I mean, um, I, I know I've mentioned uh, in, in, in my note to you, Monique Dusan, because um, she, had, she has a wonderful study called Reconciled, that um, you know that I've gone through with with people here in 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 our community, that has been such a you know huge blessing. But you, you know, and, and of course, Bodhi Bakum. And mm-hmm. I remember when I heard him a couple years ago, and he was just amazing he, mm-hmm. because it really yes. convicted me on a lot of my you know beliefs before that that were wrong and that you know did not align with this, with scripture, and that now I can see okay, well, his arguments make a lot of sense, and obviously considering that. He aligns himself so amazingly well to to the Word of God, and so you know, there's there's just a lot of voices out there that mm-hmm. I think have been squelched, and it's important to bring them to the forefront and have that discussion, and so that we can all understand, you know, what 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 is truth, and you know how we can best um, navigate the, the the cultural climate that we're currently in, because I think a lot of parents, a lot of families, just have no idea yeah. whether that's by indifference or you know because they just don't know, um, it's just important to, to bring it up. Yep. And, uh, Michelle, it's, it's so important to understand how we got here in a culture that's kind of split in America, relatively split when it comes to allowing a preborn human life, a human baby, to be born into the world. We're split as a nation on the fact that there's there's a debate over whether we should murder our offspring. And we know the Latin meaning for the word uh, fetus is little one or offspring. And we know the Bible talks about a woman being with child, not with tissue, not with something dead. But there's a baby in the womb. It is a human being. And this is where we've got this disconnect because we are not biblically literate anymore, acknowledging God as the exactly. creator of all things, God as the creator of every human life. Every human life has value, is created in God's image, and has meaning, but our society doesn't teach that anymore. Anyway, that's my little soapbox. I want to get back to your story. First of all, I want to read a, a scripture. You mentioned CRT, critical race theory, and we should always take an, an opportunity to go to the Word of God uh, as we know, uh, Ken Ham and so many others try to, uh, you know, share the message about one blood, one race, right? The human race. I want to go to Galatians chapter 3 real quick. It says, verse 24, Therefore the law, the word of God, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor, 
For you, who's he writing to? He's writing to believers in Christ. He's writing to Christians. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. So we have a spiritual inheritance that makes us the family of God. We are brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter what color skin you have. We are covered under the blood of Christ. Uh, Michelle, you want to comment on that briefly before we move on? I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to see believers when they are together as one yes. body. I mean, that's one thing that we've seen just being abroad and mm. and um, going, you, you know, being able to see, you know, what what Korea, how Koreans in Korea worship, and you know, we've we've been so blessed to be able to go to different even countries like in, you know Cambodia and Thailand, mm. and um, and we've seen how you, you know people are they're all um, made in the image of God, and Amen. it's so beautiful. But there's yes. so much there, and and um, but, but people are so lost, and we all mm. if if only we were all to come to Christ and see that there is, you know, such peace and blessing from that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think we, we let a lot of things get in the way, unfortunately. And, um, you know, some of that is, I mean, it's just such a complicated issue. And, I, you know, like I said, I understand where a lot of the, the disconnect happens. Yep. But, um, you know, ultimately, yeah, we, we have to stand on the truth of Scripture and just know that, you know, just because someone may look different than us or, um, may worship differently than we do. It doesn't mean that they're not out of the body of Christ. That they are. That they um, are are just as much loved as, as we are. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's such a beautiful thing. It's yeah. not ne- it's not necessarily a bad thing. But you know, as long as we are all like you know, obviously standing on scripture rather than culture or rather than you know anything that can separate us. So, yep. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, amen. Um, uh, now. You said when you're researching books for Mud Hen Mama, you said the more you learned, the more you realized how important it was to empower families to understand not only what we're facing as a society, but also how to face it from a biblical worldview. Amen, Michelle. Now, this is in an email you, you, that you sent to me. We need to prepare, encourage, equip, and bless Christian families so that they can respond Instead of hiding, instead of hiding our light, which a lot of people have chosen to do, being silent in the face of evil, we need active believers. So share a little bit more about that, because it sounds like that's part of your heart for educating uh, Christian families through the books available at Mud Hen Mama. I, absolutely. I, I, just, I think that, um, I know I had mentioned um, to right, right before we, we got um, on, it, it, it was that uh, there's so much fear. There's so much fear because I think we have not been educated in our churches, you know, how to react to a lot of what's been coming at us. And so because of that, because of the fear, no one wants to say anything and no one really knows how to approach a lot of these questions, even though we we may think, or even know inherently, okay, we know this is probably wrong, but we don't know why it's wrong. or We don't know how to answer a lot of the questions. And so that's why I think it's it's just so important to empower parents and empower families with truth. 
So, Amen. you know, whether that, that addresses, you know, pro-life issues or CRT or, or you yeah. know, sexuality and gender, all of these issues are things that we have to face. We cannot just continue to ignore it or, you know, think, well, that's not going to affect me or because it is, it, you know, whether we like it or not. And we're, we're called to be salt and light in this Amen. earth. And so, you know, how do we do that? And if we don't know how, then, you know, we're obviously not going to be uh, the salt that that the Lord calls us to be. Amen. And so, so I think it's it, like that's a huge reason why, it, you know, I, why we wanted to do this is just to be able to share with others, like, look, you're not crazy, and these are some things that you need to know so mm-hmm. that you can, you know, adequately, you know, with the right words or whatever to be able to, um, you know, combat some of the arguments that that are coming against us. Amen. Praise God. So briefly, we just have a minute left, Michelle. Um, you have people ordering maybe from Christian schools or homeschooling groups. Uh, they order in bulk sometimes. Just yes, just sir. share a little bit about that and uh, how people can do that. Yeah, anyone can order at you know anytime. There's a, there's a small like a five dollar shipping fee if it's under fifty dollars, but. Um, anyone can can order, and, but in general, I have been reaching out. I've actually reached out to over fourteen hundred schools across the United wow. States, Christian schools, to see you know who might be interested in having a book fair. So we've done mostly online book fairs, but mm-hmm. we are trying to start to do you know larger book fairs and um, th- that can actually more be more of cash and carry. But um, but yeah, I mean the, again, the, the whole point is to try to get these books in front of families that are like-minded and um, in order to empower to empower families to, to stand firm on the Word of God. Praise God. Michelle Laser, MudHenMama.com. Thanks for your vision and for taking the time to share your story with us today on Stand Up For The Truth. Absolutely. Thank you so much, David. Again, really, really appreciate all you do. Well, praise God. Thank you, Michelle. Say hi to your husband. All right. Now, to, we're going to come back and talk about some of the headlines we teased at the very top of the podcast Can't cover everything, but there's some fascinating stories out there that are coming up next. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. So, I want to read from Romans 11, briefly, three verses. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who became his counselor, or who has first given to him that it would be paid back to him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Um, brief, um, let's take care of business here really quickly. A lot of you are listening from different states across the country, and I was just handed a reminder to let you know if you need um, your giving statement emailed to you for tax purposes, because we are a nonprofit here and your donations are tax deductible, email our accountant Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at q90fm.com. If you need your statement emailed to you for your giving from last year, donations to this ministry, Uh, we're humbled by your prayers and financial support. It's amazing. Um, And God bless you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for your prayers, first and foremost. So let's get into the stories now. You know, Joe was inaugurated two years ago, and the coup was completed 
according to some. Over at the Gateway Pundit, um, an era of prosperity and peace officially ended. What are they talking about? What do they mean? Um, the results after two years in the White House, I'm looking at a chart that goes from 2016 through 2022. It's a monthly average retail price chart and also gas, the price of gas. And this is just, I mean, I guess if you're looking at it, it's, it's amazing. But just by listening, you can go, okay, yeah, well, yeah, we know that costs have gone up and we know a lot of reasons why. But from, it looked like, where was it? Gas was two, looks like 220 a gallon in 2016. 2017, uh, 239. 2018, gas was around 270-something. And it stayed under $3 until Joe Biden entered the White House. And from that point on, it went, it peaked over $5 a gallon in uh, many places in the country. And that was in, that was late 2021 and into, into early 2022. And now I don't know what it's at, like between three seventy-five and four bucks a gallon in some places. So I'm just looking at this graph that you can see this line kind of going, you know, pretty much stable. And then all of a sudden, okay, Biden is inaugurated. So you can tell the immediate impact of the Democrat socialist policies. There's another graph um, about inflation um, that hit a 40-year high last year. And again, you go back through the Trump administration and you're seeing this kind of even pace here in this graph, the squiggly line going. And Joe Biden was inaugurated two years ago. And all of a sudden, it's not even an incline, friends. On this graph, the inflation graph, it shoots practically straight up. And that's what we're concerned about. When When is it going to stop? Well, their policies are policies are not changing, so uh, tighten your belt. But anyway, uh, what about illegal immigration? It broke all records, people flooding across primarily the southern border. It says over 5 million illegal aliens have crossed over the open southern border into the United States in just two years, Joe Biden's first two years in office, so that's 5 million more. How about the U.S. surrender in Afghanistan? A lot of us forget about that and how much damage that has done around the world, and especially in the Middle East. And arming enemy Taliban with $80 billion in U.S. weapons. What do I mean, what do I mean by that? Well, there's a chart over, thanks to our friends at the Gateway Pundit, U.S. weapons seized by the Taliban. So there's $85 billion in U.S. funding to the Afghan army, $600,000 in weapons, I'm sorry, 600,000 weapons, 75,000 vehicles, 200 aircraft seized by the Taliban. Who are we equipping? Was that on purpose? I'll let you decide. How about abandoning thousands of U.S. citizens and green card holders over in Afghanistan? Abandoning these people to the Taliban. Tragic. We haven't even seen the true headlines and the true story on that because of our media. The one-party media conglomerate. The one-party big tech 
media conglomerate. Okay, U.S. stock market had its worst year last year since 2008. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, we're disrespected around the world. And what about the filth and the grooming in United States classrooms due to the, the corrupt teachers' unions in America? and the government-run school system. We're talking about filth and grooming. Those aren't my words, but I'll gladly repeat them for you to emphasize the point of what's happening. Now, on to the next story. That unhinged reporter actually told the NFL's uh, Philadelphia Flyers player, Ivan Provorov, his decision to boycott his woke team's so-called Pride Night. Um, this was on NHL Network. It's a sports reporter. And uh, his name is E.J. Hradik or something like that. He said that Provorov should return to Russia and fight in the Ukraine ro- war for refusing to cave to the radical leftist mob and wear the pride jersey and all celebrate pride night. Uh, and by the way, we talked a little bit about last week how interesting it is. Like the NHL of all pro sports, the NHL is almost like the NASCAR of, of pro sports. And generally more conservative and, and middle class. And um, so now they're, the corporate world is saying, nope, you must bow to the altar of pride and LGBTQ. So I just thought that was interesting. So the sports world comes against these athletes who simply want to take a stand or simply want to say, no, I don't. My biblical worldview uh, does not allow me to support this, what it considers immorality. Next, I wrote an article uh, recently on just a week ago yesterday. Joe Biden spoke at a church in Atlanta called Ebenezer Baptist Church. Baptist. Now, I mean, if you don't know the story, it's the church of the politician and radical, quote, Reverend Raphael Warnock, who is now a senator in Georgia. Um, Most people who've done any research, the slightest bit of research on Warnock, know he's a radical leftist Democrat socialist. He's an anti-Israel, pro-abortion, pro-LGBTQ, Black Lives Matter, social justice, and he has also admired Reverend Jeremiah Wright. Do you remember that name? Um, President Obama's former pastor of 20 years and spiritual advisor who once preached a sermon saying, Condemning America, G.D. America. Well, Warnock, down in Georgia, said that was a very fine sermon. And the sermon also included a comparison of the United States to Al-Qaeda, and it was full of anti-American rhetoric, social justice, wokeism, and racism. Call it what it is. It's not reverse racism, it's just racism. So... Biden spoke at Warnock's church, and I call it preaching to the choir, the leftist choir. And some of the things, let's talk about theology for a moment. The gospel, according to Joe and Joe Biden's handlers, is a religion of works in a way, and it's very deceptive. Let's talk about this. For decades, prominent Democrats have increased the use of their spiritual language, invoking God saying, using the word blessed or whatever. Not that, just because you say God or say that um, you are blessed or whatever, it doesn't mean they're Christians. Not even close. Just because you use a few words. 
Um, anyway, it dupes a lot of people into thinking that the left kind of, maybe they're starting to find religion. Maybe they're starting to cry out to God. Have they repented? Look at the fruit of their policies and their worldview, which is completely the antithesis of biblical Christianity. So they call evil good and good evil, Isaiah 520. They mock the God of creation, bowing to the gender bender, the, the gender surrender movement. So part of Biden's focus when he took the pulpit in this Atlanta church was morality according to the standard of the secular left. You've heard Nancy Pelosi and many others recently say God is on their side. The left claims to be the righteous ones now. They, they claim evil that, that they claim to call, um, evil what people do on the right, what people do when they're conservative, what people want to, to re- take away choice from a mother that wants to murder a baby in the womb. And they misuse scripture. What a farce. You know, I'm not even sure that they believe what they're saying at times, but they're deceiving a lot of people. So, one thing Biden said was to re, they want to, their job is to redeem the soul of America. Stop. Interesting, using the word redeem, because we know Ephesians 1, 7 or 1, 4, we are only redeemed by the blood of Christ. If you are not under the blood, if you're not a true believer, have not repented of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're not saved. You are not redeemed. So they're using this language, redeeming the soul of America. Sounds very moral, doesn't it? Well, watch who's saying it when you hear this, this language when it comes to politicians. So they're claiming that the goal of Martin Luther King's Southern Christian Leadership Conference was to redeem America. No, it wasn't. But anyway, so they're peddling religion for political profit. No surprise. But guess what side they claim that they are on when it comes to the battle of good and evil? Well, they're on the side of good, of course. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's funny to you and I, those who are informed and have a biblical worldview and an understanding of Scripture. It's, it's funny, to you, but it's sad at the same time. So Biden said the power to, quote, redeem the soul of America is in the hands of we the people. Question, who's we? Come on, Joe, who's we? Because I, I know you don't take sides with the majority of Americans. It's just the radical left. Who's we the people? Is it the constitutional we? Or is it the Democrat we? So, translation, just keep voting for his party, claiming light, healing, unity, justice, and the nation will be redeemed by the leftist saviors and progressive policy. Um, so here's what else he said. Referring to Matthew 22:39 on loving your neighbor as you love yourself, Joe Biden at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta said, in that commandment, in my view lies the essence of the gospel and the essence of the American promise. Stop. The biblical gospel is about being saved from hell and from punishment for sin. The biblical gospel is about eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ alone. The good news is all about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. His life, death, resurrection, ascension, and promised return. In the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul wrote that this gospel offers salvation in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. The two verses that Biden referred to are not the gospel, but are what Jesus called the greatest commandments of the law, where Jesus said in Matthew 22, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. 
To the early church, the command to love your neighbor as yourself was a summary of the law. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 is one of, sorry, I hit the microphone, one of many scripture passages explaining how God is the one who redeems us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of of sins. And of course, the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 6. So, what about this idea that the left is pushing or that Biden was talking about that an entire nation can be redeemed? No, it doesn't work that way. It is an individual repentance and an individual redemption. So, over at the Washington stand, Joshua Arnold said, Jesus is our Redeemer because he shed his blood in our place. In the gospel, according to Biden, America's soul can be redeemed without blood. We, the people, can accomplish it on our own power without divine aid. End quote. So here we have either a disconnect in the leftist theology or purposeful deception. It seems our culture now understands and defines these words very differently, of the words such as soul. Because the humanists and Marxists on the left support many, quote, values that are in opposition to biblical Christianity and the inerrant word of God. Um, almost exactly a year ago, I wrote this. During the 2020 election cycle, Joe Biden's website displayed an interesting phrase in the upper left corner, battle for the soul of the nation. Most people missed it. The implication was this, the soul of, the, of America is at stake. And those nasty, deplorable, evangelical Christians, conservatives, independents, and Republicans are the immoral ones who are hurting the country. And so last week in Atlanta, Biden said the battle for the soul of this nation is perennial and that it is a constant struggle between hope and fear, kindness and cruelty, justice and injustice. So who are they trying to align or associate with fear, cruelty, and injustice. We, you're right. Certainly not anyone on his side. Second, many words have been redefined by the political and religious left. Soul, justice, church, love, morality, rights, socialism, tolerance, and even the truth has been defined. But remember, friends, a simple reminder, this worldview war can be summed up in just three words. Ready? God or man. We're either going in this direction or in that direction. God or man. Anyone can use the label pastor or reverend. Any group or building can have the name church. And just about anything can be redefined to mean Christian. That doesn't mean it's Christian. Don't buy it. Don't buy it, friends. So if your church, your life, your words don't align with the teachings of Jesus from the Bible, you might be deceived and need to repent yourself. Are you trusting in and serving the biblical Jesus? So, next headline, the CDC knowingly left serious adverse events off of post-vaccination surveys. Documents show. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention didn't include serious adverse events like 
heart inflammation on post-vax surveys, even though the agency knew the issues could be linked to the vaccine's documents show. Even before the, the surveys were rolled out in December uh, two years ago, after the vaccines were authorized, the CDC knew that myocarditis, a form of heart inflammation since, since confirmed as being caused by the Pfizer and Moderna shot and other serious adverse events were of, quote, special interest when it came to the vaccines, according to newly disclosed versions of, of the protocol for the survey system. Yep, and protocol for V-safe, the survey system, lists myocarditis, stroke, death, and a dozen pre-specified medical conditions. The protocol was obtained by the Informed Consent Action Network, ICAN, a nonprofit that seeks transparency around health information, and all the conditions can cause severe symptoms. Yep. So no more. We don't need to spend a lot more time on that, but we're, we're seeing more truth come out, and I'm, I'm concerned. I am concerned. I know a lot of you are too. That, according to some doctors, that if they're right, some honest, actual doctors that are doing the research and open to any possibility and all outcomes, they're just really wanting the truth, that within a year and a half or so of most people having taken the vaccines or the boosters, that's when you will start seeing more adverse events. They say within, what was it, 18? 18 months. So that's a year and a half. So depending on when someone got the boost or got the the initial jabs and then the booster put that year and a half time frame down and no wonder we're starting to see young athletes collapsing. So we're going to set that one aside. And now some other headlines. Oh, oh my goodness, this one. Missouri middle schools took students to a drag show without parental consent. Do we need to even go into the detail on this? All right, so... Um, Columbia University, Columbia values diversity celebration. Mizzou athletes. So now this is, this is a different one. I mean, I had those stapled together. They're both in Missouri. One is on a middle school, taking middle school students to a drag show. Is that the one where they were using the stripper poles? They weren't stripping, but the kids were jumping up on the stripper poles because it, because the place was next, the restaurant was next to a bar and they, it was, they had a drag show. Anyway. So that's without parental consent. But this if this one is a Mizzou, is a University of Missouri. Student athletes and staff out in the community this morning attending the Columbia Values Diversity Celebration, CVDC. Columbia Values Diversity Celebration. So set that one aside now. What is this? Okay, that's right, another woke thing. Be included with Inclusion Plus. You know where what you can do with that, right? File it. Um so, another headline, March for Life took place Friday. We talked about it, uh, Mary and I did last Friday on a massive event that's an annual event. It was the 50-year anniversary of the pro-life March for Life, and it was the first march since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, it's interesting now, the, some of the headlines say thousands of participants. I mean, gosh, they've had over a half a million in the past years between 400 and 600,000. And I don't know what they had this last week, and I haven't seen the reports. Uh, I haven't done the research, to be honest. 
So I don't, because I don't need the numbers. I know it's a massive turnout every year, and it's hundreds of thousands, but they say thousands. <laughs> At least they're not saying hundreds like they used to. The left, the leftist media. Oh, hundreds of people showed up at the March for Life in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. And there were, you, you couldn't even see. There was this sea of people the, further than the eye could even see. But anyway. Okay. There was a protest in Atlanta where Antifa staged. Uh, they apparently, protesters were arrested. They set a police car on fire. They smashed windows of local businesses. Um, thankful to some of the reporting by independent journalist Andy No. Um, he identified one of the arrested suspects, an Antifa, an Antifa activist who was out on bail for domestic terrorism. Speaking of domestic terrorism, um, we're going to try to connect with the Reverend Jim Harden again uh, and get him back on the podcast, see if we can get an update. He, there's still not been any arrests in the over 100. I mean, I, you lose track of the numbers now of the amount of churches or pro-life pregnancy centers that have been vandalized or firebombed and no arrest. The FBI has stood down. The Biden administration doesn't want to pursue justice because they are pro-abortion. They don't want to arrest people who are doing their bidding. Yeah, I put it that way. I put it that way. Blame me. Those are my words. Um, so let's see what else. All right. Just going through a couple of the headlines here. Chicago's Lori Lightfoot says crime spree is due to people carrying cash. Serious headline. Actual headline. <laughs> are you? Oh. It's so laughable. All right. Larry Elder, Charlie Kirk, sound off on San Francisco reparations plan. Did you hear this? Where they're planning, there's a reparations committee in San Francisco, and they're wanting to pay each longtime resident of San Francisco, if they're black, longtime resident, they want to pay them $5 million. Uh, well, and also paying off their debt. So... <laughs> I shouldn't even say it. No, I won't. Ooh, that's self-control. I held back. All right. You, you guys are wondering, what's, what is he? Come on, just say it. All right, I can say it. And they can't, they can't turn me down. I identify, Crash just came back in the room, I identify as a black female lesbian San Francisco resident of 30 years, 40 years. There, now I can get the reparations too because I identify as a black female lesbian San Francisco resident. And if you just tuned in, that's going to be un- awkward. <laughs> okay, these are jokes, as Crash would say. Okay, um, what else? I just have time for a couple more headlines. Oh, I guess I don't. I thought I had a minute or two. Sorry, guys, it, it goes fast. It really goes fast. Well, let's go to the calendar and tell you who's coming up. We are so blessed to have Bill Koenig tomorrow. You can go to watch.org, and we're going to try to talk about Israel, globalism, Middle East, world news with Bill Koenig. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a blessing to have him back on. It's been years. You will hear a new podcast with Jay Warner Wallace on Wednesday, Pastor Tim Stevens on Thursday, and Pastor Paul Blair on Friday. Thank you guys again for your prayers. 
for this ministry and, of course, for your financial donations. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.